0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest tonight is James Home from Fort Wayne Trails. James, how are you doing?
1: I'm wonderful, sir. How
0: are you? I am great. So we have some great weather outside. Have you been out on the trails last couple days?
1: No. <laughs> You've
0: been too busy working on <laughs> trail been, stuff. I've
1: been working, which I'm sure uh, my coworkers will be happy to hear. Um, no, I haven't been outside, but I, I plan to try to get out a little bit. And, you know, there's this is like fake spring number one. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: and then we'll be slapped back into reality. Yeah.
1: In so. a couple of days it'll be cold again. So we have time yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll get out there soon. How about you?
0: Uh, I have not because uh. yesterday I worked until I taught a class that went until like 730. So I was able to open my windows when I got home for about half an hour. Nice. So that was good. But I am, I am eager to get outside, but it's not going to happen today yeah. either. So by the time I can get outside, it's going to be cold again. All right. Yeah, <laughs> So I have to disclaim that for this episode, for our listeners, there's going to be a lot of Trails nerdery because James is the community engagement manager for Fort Wayne Trails. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Trails board. We're both big Trails fans. So if you don't like Trails stuff, this is probably not the episode for you. Or maybe
1: we can sell you on it.
0: Or maybe we'll change your mind. People are already tuning out. They're by. See you later, guys. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So for <laughs> the three people who are left remaining listening to us, You know what this is all about, James. You have been a faithful podcast listener for at least a day. So uh, we talk about your career path. We talk about the organization you work for, and then we talk about some of the projects you're working on. So I want to start with your career path, because I met you briefly when you were at Summit City Bikes. But I want to start before that. Mm -hmm. Talk about uh, if, if my quick research into you, which was about 20 seconds on your LinkedIn profile, is accurate. You went to Northrop High School, correct? That is true. Did you grow up in Fort Wayne? Yes. All right. So take us from growing up in Fort Wayne to current day.
1: So born and raised Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, Went to Northrop High School, normal high school shenanigans. Uh, After high school, went to IPFW. Uh, Before I was probably ready to go to IPFW, (laughs) Uh, was working retail jobs. I found it Uh, To be more entertaining, to make $8 an hour and uh, chase girls around (laughs) than to go to school. Um, And I just didn't really dig it. So I stopped going. Um, uh, Around that time, I started playing music Mm and bands. So that kind of took over a little bit too. worked some retail jobs. And then I started working for Centennial Wireless when it was still here in Fort Uh Wayne, uh, which was eventually purchased by AT&T. But that really took my retail career into like customer service fully. Um, So I did over-the-phone customer service for Centennial Wireless, uh, which teaches you a lot. (laughs) Yeah, you may have... I may have screamed at you, you at You probably point. did, yeah. yeah. It's possible. And then maybe you apologized afterwards, maybe you I, didn't.
0: I, I probably did. I've gotten a lot nicer
1: in, so, in recent years. So. It, I believe that. Uh, <laughs> so that's where my customer service, you know, education really yeah. began. Um, I left there to work for Comcast. Okay. Um, and this is still like my early 20s probably. I was maybe 23, 24, something like that. Um, and did on-the-phone customer service for Comcast. A whole nother version of customer service, and
0: not a lot of people calling you to say how happy they are. No, and if you take people people's yeah.
1: SpongeBob away, like they're <laughs> they're up they're upset. Yeah, um, for sure. So you learn a lot about uh, you know customer experience. Um, and I worked for Comcast on the phones for maybe like two years, and then had an opportunity uh, to apply to be uh, a direct sales rep. Which okay. they're the the folks that have special deals. They come knock on your door. And they say, hey, we see you have this other provider. Yeah. Here's a, the deal we can offer yeah. you. And that's a brutal job.
0: So you're literally door to door. Yes. Wow.
1: 12 months out of the year. Oh, boy. Um, and the people who are cut out to do that job can make a lot of money. Yeah, sure. And, and, I, and me, I take it as, a 20, as a 24-year-old, uh, it was not. Yeah. It, it The money was good, but the lifestyle was terrible.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. And so a good job if you're built for it but not everybody's most people aren't built for it.
1: Yeah, so yeah. but still learning about customer service and you know those organizations take the time to sure. like you're going to spend weeks practicing and learning customer service before they let you touch a, yeah. a, a customer. Um, around this time, maybe a couple of years before, I had started getting really into bikes just So was
0: that true when you were a kid or was that
1: Yeah, just, I mean as much as like anybody yeah. is and then you become a teenager and you're like, cars, yeah, bicycles sure. are not what I'm into. Sure. And then around like 19, 20, 21, we started building tall bikes and causing trouble and yeah. got into fixed gears. And I lived with a bunch of buddies and we just had a spare room. that's just full of greasy bike parts. Okay. Uh, I apologize to the, whoever owned that house, we <laughs> destroyed the carpet with greasy bicycle parts. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, I was commuting to Comcast by bike. That okay. was just, I lived downtown. It was just kind of what we did. Yeah. Um, and at that time, Summit City Bicycles was hiring just a bike builder. Okay. And I said, please let me come build bicycles here. I obviously had a customer service background. Yeah. And they saw that and they knew that, so started there as a bike builder. Eleven years ago, something like that. Now, so I'm
0: going to ask a really stupid question. Yeah, a bike builder is someone who takes the unassembled <laughs> bike and turns it into an assembled bike. You correct?
1: have earned all of your salary today, <laughs> Anthony Giuliano. <laughs> yeah. So the bikes come in on a pallet. Yeah. You build them. You're not. Okay. A, you're not a mechanic. You're not doing much else. You're sure. just. Sure. That's where you start a lot of yeah. times in a bike shop. Sure. It's just assembling bikes. So from there, I did that for a little while, and then knew I had worked in retail my whole life, so that transitioned me to sales. Sure. And at that time, the shop wasn't doing a lot. I mean, Instagram had just kind of been born. Yep. There was some other, you know, Facebook was around, but people were just sort of starting to utilize it. And me, as a a youngster in my mid, you know, mid early twenties, was like, we need to be
0: yeah. And they we, were like, you're young, you know all this stuff. Do it. Here's yeah. yeah, a computer. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: basically, I sort of started their existence on social media or doing any sort of like marketing like that, that over the years just turned into being like their full time events coordinator, um, doing all the social media, all the marketing there, basically anything that was public facing, which got me onto a lot of like Fort for Fitness committee, uh, working with Ronald McDonald Charity House, Mm -hmm. a a lot of working with Fort Wayne Trails, um, working with, you know, Franke Park Mountain Trails, Mount Bike Trails, Three Rivers Velo Sport—like a ton of organizations. So that kind of kickstarted me there. Yeah, was there for ten years. An opportunity to do something new came up with yep. Fort Wayne Trails, uh, and I—I I took that leap, and I've been there for about a year and a half now.
0: So Summit City for ten years. Yeah. So I um, grew up there. Was it difficult to to leave? Was <laughs> that a hard decision?
1: Um. I took way too long to answer that question tonight. Uh at the time <laughs> I was ready pause, I, I was yes. ready to try something sure. else. Like the it can get really hectic in a place like that in the summer and the spring. Yep. I was in there the other day and it was just the sun comes out and it's full blown yeah, chaos. Sure. And then it's wintertime and it gets slow in the bike shop mm-hmm. and everybody likes to pick on each other a little bit and then it, you're never ready for it to be warm yeah. and, and full blown again. So sure. um I was ready to to try something else for sure.
0: Sure. So how did you Find out about the trails position. How did you end up in that mm-hmm. position? What was the transition? What did that look like?
1: I think I just saw it online. Okay. Um, All right. And so the transition was, uh, hey, look, I'm gonna that that's right up my alley. Yeah. I'm passionate about trails. Obviously, I've I've built some relationships that um, help me sort of already already know the day to day and the lingo and the events and some of that. Yeah. Um. And I think that trails needed some help at the time. Yeah. Um there just there wasn't consistent branding and advertising and talking and, yeah. and going on. So yeah. uh, I thought there was some something I could offer. Yeah,
0: well I mean this as a compliment. Your presence on the staff has made me kind of obsolete as a volunteer <laughs> because you know, I, I will say that one of the things I genuinely like about being a trails volunteer, not only great board and people who are engaged and who want to help, but a great staff. We have like the dream team of trail staff. You have Megan, the executive director, who has a background in Trails mm-hmm. and who really is into it. Angie, who commutes by bike, who's a former nonprofit executive director. Joy, who is appropriately named because she's awesome and you know keeps all the trains running on time. Yeah. And I remember when I found out that you were interested in the position, I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy and he's already been involved, so he'd be great. But at the time, there was no real... Angie was doing the best she could to yeah. do two jobs, but there was a need to tell the story and no bandwidth to tell the story in the way it needed to be told. So that was... When did you join Trails? How long has it been? About a year and a half. Okay. All right. So that obviously changed, and you had kind of a blank slate to work with almost.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just started with, I think, like the very basis of like, let's tell people who we are, why we exist, and... Spread the joy of trails, sort of, and then build build from there into to some other content. Yeah. Um. And I also jumped in basically like right before one of the strangest years to yeah. work at, at yeah. an organization. Yeah. Um. Especially as somebody who's trying to plan events and yeah. do health fairs and be not just like a a social media manager. Yeah. Um. But a community engagement manager, somebody who's supposed to be out engaging with yeah. the community, and that, you know, thankfully for. You know the internet and social media we were able to uh, you know keep that ball rolling and we got to do some videos and yeah. do some other cool stuff and uh, hopefully get to do some more of that as things get back to normal. but
0: yeah, well and and trails had. A great year in terms of usage because it was one of the few things that people could access, get outside, and safely be out on the trails. But it was not a great year in terms of income, which for trails means fundraising income mm-hmm. because events were canceled and, and a lot of different factors. So, you know, our hope is that people who never experienced the trails before who had limited experience having used the trails would become advocates for it and that will grow over time but you know it was a weird year to start a job that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean we saw a 45% increase yeah. in 2020, something like 660,000 trail yeah. use counts yeah. um which is which is wild. I mean you you send everybody to work from home. Yep. And as much as we all absolutely worked 9 to 5 while we were at home, wink, wink. <laughs> of
0: course we did, yes. If,
1: if you can go outside and it's summertime and you can't do anything else, people just, you know, mobbed the yeah. the trails almost to, like, we would get phone calls about yeah. uh, this section of trail is too busy. And I mean, yeah. Okay, well, we have 120 miles of trail. Let me tell you about some areas that you might like that yeah. aren't as, as populated as, like, the four-trail yeah. loop. So, you know, it did give us an opportunity to see... Um, maybe some areas that we weren 't promoting or conversations we could have to talk about uh, areas of the trail that people might not know about, which yep. is important so yeah
0: so so tell me a little bit about. Being in community engagement in your case, which obviously involves marketing, for a for a nonprofit versus a business like Summit City, you know, a, a recent guest we had on the podcast was Matt Wire, who does marketing for the Literacy Alliance, and mm-hmm. he talked about some of the challenges and some of the some of the good things about that, but some of the challenges. From your perspective, what's different about working at a nonprofit? Maybe you know, feel free to state the obvious, but maybe some things that aren't so obvious.
1: Yeah, it's been, it it is different, but it's. It feels very similar. I'm mm-hmm. I mean, like at the end of the day, you're sort of asking for money, yeah, uh, which sure. is the the end. You know, yeah. in, in retail, you want retail dollars, and as a nonprofit, you need to fundraise to continue your mission and to to be able to build trails and yeah. uh, continue your work. Um, there's a there's more of a message and a reason when you work for sure a, a nonprofit. Um, the reason at a bike shop or whatever is. Like this bike's cool, and you want it. Yeah. Uh, here's the the features and, sure. and benefits of the thing. Um, and with trails, it, it, I mean, they they honestly they they feel real similar. For me, it's it's sort of about creating a space. So, like bike shop, for example, when you walk in the door of, of a, of, and this isn't necessarily like social media marketing, but when you walk in the door of a retail establishment, the goal for that establishment should be for it to be. A place where you feel at home yep. right away, where the staff is your friend, where you feel comfortable, where you're not, yeah. where you're not pressured. But at the end of the day, like they want you to to, to sure. spend money, so you're kind of nurturing this perfect balance between, um, like, this cool safe space. Let's post pictures and and talk about all the good things. But then there's like the hey this doesn't exist without you just like yeah. a just like a local business doesn't sure. exist without yeah. a, a customer sure. so and and it can't just be all one or the other you really have to create a balance of um you know the the ask versus the the give yeah um and i'm still learning a, a lot of the just the like cuz i don't come from fundraising uh-huh. so i'm learning about community foundations and yeah. grants sure. and you know we're part of a bigger regional thing, really. Yep. um, and so learning learning all of those things and learning how to promote and talk about them in a way that doesn't just turn people off immediately because as soon as you get into some of that, like, yeah, really detailed, Boring stuff. Like most of the folks have already tuned out on <laughs> yeah. this, it you know you got to keep it entertaining and, and make it digestible yeah. for people, which hopefully I I do. Yeah.
0: So so let's talk about this organization called Fort Wayne Trails because it's you know I think when people think of Fort Wayne Trails they say oh they're responsible for paving the trail and maintaining the trail and and everything else when that's really not entirely true. So from your perspective, how do you describe Fort Wayne Trails to people when they ask you about it?
1: Sure. So I'm not going to give you my elevator pitch because I know how you feel about elevator pitches. <laughs> um, so this is sort of like the the, the James version. Um, so we're a community partner and mm-hmm. an advocate. Yeah. We work with the local municipalities to figure out what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we take that information and we have conversations with the county, the city, with the state to help... Um, Prioritize projects, or to help create new ones that they may not be seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: So, so really, it is it is listening to how the communities want trail systems to develop, and then being responsive to that through advocacy and and you know inter and, and linkages with the municipalities. Correct,
1: and we're really lucky here to have. Um, a, a greenways and trails staff yeah. at the city level, which is really uncommon yeah. for a lot of cities. So the city has a budget, yeah. um, and they have a plan, and yeah. the mayor's been, you know, really passionate about um, building building trails and and bringing connectivity to Fort Wayne. And so we're a partner in that. Yeah. Um, and there are some projects that like just are Fort Wayne trails projects, mm-hmm. and we will fundraise. Yep. Um, and and get the bids and kind of do the the full process, but for the most part, we we advocate and we work with the city, um, and then we have them as a partner to to build and and maintain. and, and Maintenance is kind of split between the city and the county, depending yep. on where the trails lie. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a city job. That's everybody's favorite thing to ask me. Like, what's it like to work for the city? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I work for a nonprofit with four people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's and, and honestly, that's one of the biggest things. Um, that we have to educate people mm-hmm. on is you see Fort Wayne trails um and you just assume that it is a a a one stop shop mm-hmm. um but it is it is really a partnership between us the nonprofit and you know city county state
0: yeah uh, including entities like the parks department because yeah. you know and this is this is a public service announcement, but if there is a closure of the trails, you guys don't control that that is the Parks Department, correct. So that's,
1: that's Amy still at the city, yeah. Um, and at a par- in a partnership. So this is where it gets, yeah, like a little a little gray because there's, there's, Fort Wayne Parks and Recreation that does yep. do some maintenance. They will plow certain mm-hmm. sections of the trail. If it's a park loop, they help keep that clean. There's the city which has its own greenways and trail staff yep. which fills the kiosks with maps and uh, does the closures on on the website and will close the gates and things like that. And then there's us who post pictures on the internet and fundraisers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we don't get our hands as dirty sure. as they do, um, but uh, we try.
0: Yeah, so so let me ask you a question. Um, I guess everything I've been doing is asking you questions, but let me ask you another question. Yes. So I think our trail system is awesome, mm-hmm. and there's people who are listening to this who maybe have never been on the trails or only really have limited experience with the trails. How does your experience taking your your you know, sort of Fort Wayne trails, uh, employee hat off. How do you think it compares to other trail systems and, and why is, is Fort Wayne, how is Fort Wayne positioned in terms of its, its assets and in, in trails and all that stuff? Are we in a, are we in a better place in other communities? What's your opinion on
1: that? I mean, I think we're in a great place, especially like regionally from, mm-hmm. from what I've seen with 124 miles is, is massive. Yeah. Um, and 60, over 60 of that was just in the last 10 years. Yeah. So it took from like the seventies the to, I think I'm going to probably get this number wrong. I think it was 2017 was like the hundredth mile. I mean, it's taken, it took a long time to do yeah. that. And then you know, yeah. we've we've done a lot. I, I honestly haven't been on a, a lot of like the, the other, I've been on the like Cardinal Greenway, a little bit yeah. on the pumpkin vine, some of those, but they're all smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they really, to me, feel more like a recreational yeah. trail, where ours certainly is that. But because ours is becoming so connected and so citywide, it really gives people the opportunity to use it for more than that. So to use it for commuting, to use it for shopping, yeah. for to use it for leisure, yeah. um, gives it sort of a like multifaceted, multi, really multi-purpose yeah. use trail. Um, where a lot, a lot of people do to see them as like, oh the. So you mean the bike trails? Yeah. Like they, they are that to sure. some, but for some, they're yeah. their route to, to yeah. work or to the grocery store or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the trails I had heard great things about, and it is a great trail, is the Swamp Rabbit Trail in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. So when I was there a few years ago, I made a point to, okay, I'm going to rent a bike and I'm going to go on this trail. And I was like, that's nice, but that's it. It's kind of like point to point. <laughs> How far was it? Oh, you know, it was like seven miles. Sure. And it was it was great, don't get me wrong, but I'm used to, you know, I was talking, to, I was walking on the towpath trail on Sunday mm-hmm. um, before the weather got warm. I was walking on the towpath trail, and um, the person I was with, Dana, hi, Dana, I we were talking about the fact that when I lived southwest, I could get from basically... 14 Scott Road to New Haven with very limited crossing of traffic. You know, you have to go through downtown, but there's bike lanes and there's yeah. trail. I think that's unusual. I think that's pretty great. And I actually think it's somewhat underappreciated in our community. And I
1: think that's that's one of the big benefits we have here with our partnerships with local government. Yeah. Um, a lot of those small trail systems, uh, uh, that would be like if they had a small organization like Fort Wayne Trails that was doing all of it, yeah. and so their their budget just gets if if they raise three million dollars, it's gone yeah. in a mile of trail. Yep. Whereas here we we write grants, the city write grants. They also have a budget, and we can really prioritize and and work through projects and get a lot more done. Yeah, um, even if it's like uh, a, a construction company, you know, clears the path and does all the studies and does all that, and then the city of Fort Wayne can lay the asphalt yep. or, you know, there's there's different ways to make more trails more economical yeah. and we can just build more.
0: Yeah, so if you have limited experience on the trail, or you've never been on the trail, you do not have to be an avid biker, you don't have to be a runner, you can just walk. You can use it for commuting, if you will, yeah. to get to point A to point B. So, so definitely check it out. I think it's one of the best things about our community. All right. I want to talk about some of the big things you're working on. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is to help other folks, marketers and others understand, you know, what are some of the big rocks you're trying to move uphill, the big projects that are keeping you up at night? What are some things you're working on right now that might be of interest to the people who listen to this?
1: So one of the biggest things that we're working on right now, and it's just about done, um, is we're going to launch a a new trail user survey Mm -hmm. um, in conjunction with the launch of the 2021 trail map, yep. which is something that we put out every year, um, in an attempt to really talk to not just trail users, but really talk to people who would not consider themselves trail users uh, and try to identify hurdles or uh, barriers people might have to to trail use, um, whether it's... Uh, you just an educational thing like you don't know like you maybe you do use the trail every day, but you just think it's a sidewalk yeah and you're not not aware of oh I could this goes 20 miles that way and mm-hmm. I could take it to this place that I normally yeah. uh, use a, a, a car for um, or if it is an issue of well the, it, it doesn't connect to me or um, it, it doesn't give me what I need it better yeah. better signage, more lights, you know what yeah. just trying to figure out what people, yeah want so that we can use that information to you know really prioritize future projects and i mean really that that does what we're supposed to be doing which is taking yeah. the opinion of the the people the trail user and bringing that information to to the city and our other partners and saying this is what we've found um is is requested and yeah. would be desired and how can we you know make some of these things a reality for people
0: yeah well it's really it's it's research from the experts the people who use the trail or the experts in why you don't use the trail people who don't to learn why that is and how we might make it better or accommodate more people um what else so you get the trail survey that's obviously a big one the map is a big. The map's one.
1: a big one yep and the
0: map's getting ready to tell us about the map the map is not just a map it's other things as well you have trail friendly businesses yep. you have some advertising
1: yeah. So every year, Fort Wayne Trails produces um, the trail map. Most of you have probably seen it in your local library or uh, at, a, at a kiosk out of the trails or in, in restaurants. We try to get them everywhere when there's places that people are allowed to go to pick physical things up. Here's um, how big
0: of a nerd I am. Kay. I have one hanging in my home. Hey, man. I know.
1: We're, it's in, crazy. we're in good company. Yes,
0: <laughs> so, yes. So sorry to interject. <laughs> no, there.
1: you're fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah so not only is it a map that shows you know f- future projects current trails um, obviously it's it's also a fundraising tool so um, we do that in a couple different ways one of them is with trail friendly businesses mm-hmm. so um, for a, a, a really small fee you can be featured on our trail map is a trail-friendly business, but the catch, it's not really a catch, one of the agreements is is that you offer something to trail users. Mm-hmm. So you offer your business as a, a water stop or someplace with a restroom, or you offer uh, bike parking or a discount to trail users, something like that. So it's not just like, a hey, can we have $400 to put you on our our dinner placemat? Yeah. We try to engage with those businesses, um, and we find that, Really, everybody that is engaged with us is engaged with the trails and, and wants to be a part of it. So it's not it's not super passive. Like we have good active partnerships with with all of those those people.
0: Yeah. So so tell me if this is a representative example. Three Rivers Running Company is a trail friendly business. Mm-hmm. They offer bottled water to folks if they want it, or a bathroom stop, or one mm-hmm. of those things when they're on the trail, yep. which is. Good for the trail users. It's obviously good for trails that they're getting that revenue, but for Three Years Running Company, it drives traffic into the business and people who might be inclined to to shop a little bit or at least become familiar with the business. Yeah, we
1: hope so. Yeah. I mean we, we, we want to, you know, they're they're helping support us and support the network. So yeah, we wanna, you know, have the users support those those places as well. So, yeah. hey, everybody, check out your trail-friendly businesses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good radio voice, by the way. Um, so you've got the map, you've got the survey. What else are the big projects you're working on?
1: So every year we do our, our puffer belly race, yep. the puffer belly run, walk, stroll. Um, it's July 17th this year. And we're just kind of an, it's happening. or yeah. a little bit of hold. It even happened last year it did. with
0: some constraints on attendees and it was it, you know, having participated in it, it felt very safe and it was nice to have an event, um, obviously outdoors that you could go to and actually participate and feel safe doing it.
1: Yeah. So that was my, my first year as race director, mm-hmm. uh, great first year to, to, to figure that all out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first and probably only, only year we'll ever sell out the race because yeah. we had, uh, capacity, you know, restrictions. But um, we did everything that we could with USA Track and Field um, to make sure that it was as as safe as we could realistically make it with having an an in-person event. We didn't have any issues. Everybody was happy. You know, we always do a survey afterwards, and, you know, you get all kinds of stuff back in the survey. But we we really didn't have any negative feedback. Things are a little bit different this year. We had our event last year, like right before Board of Health Mm -hmm. really got involved, so there's some extra stuff to to deal with, but um we have good friends like Fort for Fitness and some other race directors that I'm kinda working closely with to see what yeah you know what what we need to do to make sure that we can have a, a safe event. And right now basically we're just capping registration at whatever we're you know, the city is a, a allowing for for events based on our, our color. Sure. So hopefully hopefully by July we can, you know, let it rip, but yep. we're being cautious and careful. We we obviously wanna have something that's safe for, yeah. for participants. Yeah. Um, we do offer a virtual option, but I know p- people are burnt out on that. I feel like a little bit. So, yeah,
0: you know, it's, it's just not the same. I mean, a lot of having done a lot of races in the past, you, you do it to, to see people who you've met at previous races, right. you do it for the competition. And it's very, when you run it on your own, it's just not the same. It's, it's a, it's a, okay substitute, but it's still a substitute
1: yeah totally and we do uh, check the trails where the city is coming up yeah this is a major trails commercial Anthony. Oh well that's this is your the goal <laughs> 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 so check the trails we do that uh every year with the city of Fort Wayne um, and city of New Haven and a couple other great partners where we do an eight mile six to eight mile weekly bike ride um, from a different area of the trail every week and I've been involved with that almost since it's Inception uh, with Summit City bicycles. So as my gig there I would I was the caboose. I had a big cargo mm-hmm. bike and I'd bring tools and pumps and yep. and everything you would need to fix a bike. Yeah. And well it's a great
0: service from Summit City bikes. Yeah. I mean if you have a tire that's a little flat, they'll pump it up for you. They'll even yeah, you know, I don't want to overstate what they will do, but they'll do, you know. They'll quick... do anything. <laughs> they'll do anything you ask. <laughs> um, they'll check your bike, make sure it's safe. And it's, you know, my experience, I've been to a few of those events, it's a great way to see sections of the ta- trail that maybe you're unfamiliar with because you're with a big group and it's safe mm-hmm. and you're not going to get lost.
1: Yeah, that and it eliminates some of like the fear of like maybe going out by yourself and getting a flat tire or, you know, a lot of people pull the, their bikes out for the first time in the spring and if they haven't had them in for a tune-up, mm-hmm. they can be a little rough. Yep. And it's there's somebody there to 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 fix it for you. I really like that program and I've seen it from all sides now as, as an employee at a bike shop and now as somebody who's in the front of the ride, you know, leading it. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen people start that ride as like wide eyed, like freaked out to ride yeah. eight miles. Um, and then over like three, or four years buy six bikes from Summit City Bicycles yeah. and end up doing like cross-country touring and all kinds of wild stuff that started with their little three-speed cruiser bike. Yeah. And they just, people really advance and then they, they can kind of grow out of it and get involved with the, you know, local cycling clubs and start doing a lot more. So if anybody out there listening, like is interested in, you know, shorter bike rides with cool people that, you know, are a nice little community and sort of exploring, but not by yourself, it's, it's perfect I mean, yeah. it really is a great program
0: well and, and importantly too it's not a race it's not a competition you can go really slow and still be part of the group um, you know I've seen kids do it I've seen people who are you know significantly older do it and everybody is happy and safe along the way totally and
1: I've yeah. been in the back and I've been in the front so yeah. I've, I've got to ride four miles per hour and yeah. we keep the front under control yeah uh, so I mean it like we get up like 10 12 miles per hour but and then we stop halfway, and we kind of meet yeah. back up and drink some water and, and yeah. turn back around. So it's it's family-friendly. Um, and we average like 60 to 100. I mean, some we've had 200 people on on a ride before, which is wild, and that's not what it normally looks like. But in the summer, we'll get 60, 70, 80, 100 people, which yeah. is is wild, yeah. I mean, yeah. for a, a bicycle yeah. <laughs> ride. Yeah, yeah. So the
0: Trek to Trails kickoff is April twenty. 20- uh, it's on the website. It's un- We're unprepared. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: I think it's the 25th.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's a but Tuesday. If that's wrong, the last Tuesday in April, we can we can confidently say that. But um, So for all this stuff, if somebody wants to access the map or they want to see when Pufferbelly is and register and they want to learn about Trek the Trails, that's all fwtrails.org, correct?
1: fwtrails.org.
0: Yes, all right.
1: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.
0: Okay, all right. Um, and LinkedIn. Don't forget about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, <laughs> yeah,
1: but... That's not as exciting. No, it's not.
0: not, not to you,
1: it might be. You uh, love LinkedIn.
0: Remember, I'm an old man. So. No, no, sir, no. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move to the uh, speed round of the show. we ask you a few quick questions that are just slightly derivative from what we've already talked about. Is the about.
1: first question when the first truck the Trails ride is? Uh,
0: we're going to ask four questions. Okay, so the first well, question is, when is the first truck the Trails ride? It is April
1: 27th.
0: Ride? All right, important note. That is, you have to register for it, correct? No. Oh,
1: you don't? Nope, nope. Okay. So April 27th, first first, first ride. So, okay, you can register yeah. uh, in advance because Summit City Bicycles does give away a bike at the okay. end of the season. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that you would need to register for. You can find that information on our website. Okay. But it starts at 610 is when we roll, show up. Okay. That's all you got to do. And
0: where is the first trek the of trails?
1: It is at the Eagle Marsh okay. uh, Towpath Trailhead. On on Ingle Road there. All
0: right, and if you've never been, and I mean this very genuinely, if you've never been to that part of the trail, it is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, stretches of trail. Very quiet. Uh, you know, you're you're close to stuff, but you feel like you're in a positive way in the middle of nowhere. It's for sure, really great stretch of trail. Okay, so now that we have that question, there we my, go. Give us your best piece of advice for. Um, career success or building a career path, and let me let me preface this a little bit. One of my favorite things about this podcast has been learning the many different ways that people have gotten into the careers that they're in. You know, for some people, it's you know they knew when they were very young what they wanted to do and they've stayed on that path. But more often, it's kind of a winding path. You know, yours was definitely. Um, interesting in that it's it's not a conventional path in some senses. So tell us what you've learned about that that you think other people should know.
1: Do what you want in mm-hmm. in like the most constructive way. Like don't yeah. you know? I don't think that if if you have a boss or something like that, that you should just not do what they say and and do whatever you want. Good disclaimer. If, if yeah. there's something that you th- think could benefit your your organization or your job you know, present it. Try to move in that direction. If you want to launch a YouTube page and it fits within your wheelhouse of of what you're doing and you're interested in video, get a GoPro and, like, figure it out. Yeah, because you you got your drone license. Yeah, you want to fly it, like, you want to create drone content? Like, figure it out. You can get a DJI Mavic Mini 1 for $400, Mm -hmm. you know, take an, an online drone class, Take your test with the FAA, and it's it's tedious. You got to get it done you want to be legit, but like, do it. Yeah, and that's, all the
0: information's out there. There's really not a lot of barriers other than time to figuring this stuff out.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's that I, because I'm not like I'm not college educated. Yeah. I don't have a you know a business degree or like sure. tons of you know scholastic marketing knowledge. Yeah, I saw a need in a job that I was at for community engagement and created it Yeah, and nurtured it and sort of built and I'm yeah. building it on things that I'm passionate about. So hopefully that's, you know, a- another thing that you can do is, is enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it won't always be fun because it is, it is work. Yeah. Um, th- but that's all I can really say about like what's gotten me to where I want to be is I was working a job in my early twenties that I didn't like anymore yeah. And I said I will take a huge pay cut yep. to go to go do this thing yeah. that I like. Yeah. And I built positions and salary and yeah. things out of what I was passionate about doing. And maybe I've been been lucky, but if I wouldn't have, you know, tried to to do that, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. And I'm still doing that. I mean, we we weren't producing video content, and if we were, we were paying somebody mm-hmm. to make it. Yeah. <clears throat> and now. You know, it's I, I I I used to love video when I was younger. Like I grew up skating, and like okay. when I was in high school, like I spent a lot of time on my computer, like editing and like making skate tapes and stuff like that. Making and then rad I got skater yeah, man, yeah. And then I got away from it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and sure. And now I get to like I'm getting back yeah. into it, and like it it makes what I do really fun, and it's a beautiful way to showcase who we are and, and what we are. Yeah. Um, from uh, you know. A really cool perspective, especially with, you know, now being a, a part 107 mm-hmm. licensed pilot, you know, I can go out and fly the drone and, yeah. and, uh, showcase the trails that way.
0: Well, and it's a great way for people to see the trail system because one of the things that, that I believe, and, and maybe others don't share this, but is our, tra- our trail system's kind of hidden. Um, that there's times when you kind of come across it if you're on the road, but a lot of it isn't visible from the road. So if you're not familiar with it, you may wonder, what does it look like? How do I get there? And a, and a, drone, um, a drone sequence can really make it accessible for folks and help them understand what's out there.
1: Yeah, it's either hidden or, like, camouflaged. Yeah. Because yeah, that's
0: probably a better word, yeah.
1: A lot of people, like, it's not always asphalt, and mm-hmm. asphalt really gives it away. Like, if you see a 10-foot-wide piece of asphalt, like, that yeah. screams trail a little yeah. bit more than maybe something like the Lima Road Trail mm-hmm. where it is, or the new Maplecrest Road Trail yeah. where it is concrete. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people might read that as sidewalk and mm-hmm. not understand that, um, and really it's the difference between, and width between a yeah. sidewalk sure. and a trail, but, um, you know, Knowing that maybe it is right there and you, you just don't know. So that's a lot of what I've been trying to do is you know highlight all different sections of trail so that people you yeah know, can figure out that they're closer than they thought.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and and going back to your comments about careers, uh, I'm a huge believer in formal education and in higher education, but I also believe it's not the only way to build a career path. And today. If You can have all kinds of degrees, but if you stop learning after you earn your degrees, you're way less valuable than someone who doesn't have a degree who's committed to continual learning because stuff's changing so quickly. Um, and I think you know it's one of the merits of just having that engine of wanting to learn stuff. You can be more valuable because you know how to fly a drone and you know how to do social media stuff. That Those skills are probably more relevant than a lot of the stuff that I learned in a formal MBA program in 2021.
1: I worked with a lot of people at the bike shop that had degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't, you know, they weren't using them. Not that I'm, you know, not, not that I'm saying don't go to school, kids. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and maybe it's forced me to have to, to learn more, but I'm learning things that I am passionate about yeah. and want to learn. Um, and so...
0: Well, you're learning by doing, which is really different. I mean, that's one of the things that I've found, and it took me a long time to figure this out, is... You know, if if I'm trying to theoretically figure something out, it's probably not going to stick with me. But if I actually sit down and I apply it right away, it's going to stick with me much more so than if I just am reading about it or, you know, thinking about how I might use it in the future.
1: Yeah, and my coworkers, they get to hear like the weird grunts and moans come out of my (laughs) office as I'm like trying to figure out some Adobe thing that I'm learning off of YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you do that for six months and you can make fancy videos with Anthony Giuliano. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or or non-fancy videos yeah, with Anthony Giuliano. Yeah, that Vigiano. works too. Yeah. So, um, all right, so that's first question. Second question is, if somebody stopped you on the trail, not on the street, and asked you, define this organization for me, I'll give you 30 seconds or 60 seconds, what do you want people to know about Fort Wayne Trails?
1: Yeah, so I mean, really, what I what I kind of said before, we are we a nonprofit partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a community advocate. Uh, in... In the growth and development of of our trail system, so our goal is to talk to the people, talk to trail users, talk to people who aren't trail users, and and take that information and gather it and present it to the the city, to community foundations, to whoever, to make sure that we're prioritizing um, our trail growth in a way that makes sense for its for its users, um, for connectivity. Um, and yeah I mean that's that's like the the my my basis like if what do you what do you do like uh, we 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 share the the joys of of trails and we talk about why they exist and we talk about what we need to help continue them growing at the rate that they're that they're growing
0: yeah which is a pretty good rate right now pretty good pace that's great all right last question So your job has been strange and different in the last year, and a lot of people's jobs have been strange and different in the last year. What have you learned about that that maybe could help people find some optimism, maybe give them some perspective, maybe make people resilient if they're going through some challenges as marketers, as professionals, just in general? What's your final words of wisdom for us?
1: And I don't remember who it was. I was listening to one of the, the previous episodes and I think this this concept came up and I'm really working on doing it with myself is putting myself out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. a, a little bit yeah. or a lot of bit yeah. um, and saying like, this isn't going to be the same as it was in the past yeah. and that's probably okay, but we're going to figure out what the new version looks like. Mm-hmm. And that could be your your event. It could be how you come to work every day, yeah, it could be the content that you're producing and what that maybe that message has has transformed um, I just kind of i just I don't stop, I guess if that's a generic like Nike just do it answer like I just <laughs> yeah. figure it out I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I we're gonna have a race, yeah, and we're gonna figure out how to do it safely, and we'll turn people away if if we have to, but I'm gonna figure out a safe way, go through all the right channels and we're going to do it. We're going to have, if we're going to have a trek the trails ride, I want to make sure that the routes make sense, that people showing up make sense, that it's that it's safe, that people, you know, understand. If we're not going to be able to have a, a big event, we're going to do a virtual auction. Like you're just, you know, I really just had to, I hadn't done half the events before anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm recreating events that had sort of like a you know preconceived notion of what they were supposed yeah. to be without ever being able to experience them and then making them something yeah. totally different. So, yeah.
0: Well, and right now it's kind of the best time ever to do that because if you're ever going to change something, people are getting used to things being different. And I, th- I think what I hear you saying is just because it has to be different doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be worse and it's a real opportunity to innovate and do things differently and see how it works out.
1: Yeah, and I like being flexible, like... Uh, and, and maybe part of my success in like wanting to learn and do things is like my my extreme ADD Yeah. but you know wanting to always kind of be like this and then this and then yeah. this and then this I think yeah. it, it helps keep me moving so if you can harness sort of that energy if you have it yeah. it's been you know beneficial for me anthony does that answer your question it
0: absolutely okay does. Yes. sometimes i just talk <laughs> well welcome to the club <laughs> i'm surprised it's it's a good thing that there wasn't a third guest on tonight, oh. or they would not have been able to get a word in edgewise sorry third guest <laughs> well hey thanks for joining me this has been fun as my time with you always is indeed and i'm gonna get you out of here so you can go get in some trail time since it is nearly 70 degrees on march whatever today is the ninth
1: indeed Thank you. Thanks thanks. for having me. Thanks for being
0: here, and thanks to all of you who took the time to listen to this episode. And we hope to to see you back or have you hear us later (laughs) on the Asher Marketing Podcast. That is my very ungraceful ending of this episode. Thanks, and we hope to see you soon.